Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Podcast. As always, I'm joined by the Zany Burt Rody. Okay. I said, what's up? <laughs> it now shows you as... Oh, I'm sorry, I, lo- I lost my connection there for a second. Never joined by the button lever. Was that my loss? Or is it my loss? I don't know. Is it the crappy Disney Wi-Fi? Yeah, Josh coming to us in in Florida. I thought Disney, most magical place on earth. I would imagine they would have good internet. Apparently not. I thought so too. I, that's something that's really surprised me. Is I thought it's Disney World. Clearly, people bring their families here, and people have to do work when their families are here. They've got to have internet Podcast. somewhere. Um, and I looked for like a business center here where I could go and get a physical like plug-in connection, and there's nothing here. So. Uh, I don't know. I am on my computer, and there was an option that I thought I was going to have to be like on my phone going through Pirates of the Caribbean talking to you guys. I am on my computer <laughs> in my hotel room right now. Nice. Yeah. And we're going to make this show short because of uh, some of the technical stuff going on here. but yeah. I, uh, And also because uh, we have FanFest coming up this Saturday, so so next week is going to be a great show. We'll have Josh's stories from being in Florida. We'll have the Loop League guys in the studio to talk about some prop bets for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and we're going to have have yeah, a prop ahead. bets thing that, that our uh, listeners can sign up and do with us. Yeah. Nice. And, we'll ha- and we'll definitely have our FanFest reactions because uh, Bert and I will be heading down to FanFest. Uh, so you can catch us down at FanFest on Saturday. Isn't that right, Bert? Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll be too. at the uh, Mid-Atlantic Wiffle Ball booth. Yeah, we'll be there for, for a good portion of the time, hanging out I there with you. them. 336 stuff. So if you want to I stop by a box of a bunch of stuff, stickers, magnets. Nice. Yeah. Swag. Yeah, yeah. So some nice swag. That's a thing. Cool. Um, but since I have you guys on, you know, <laughs> so I have you guys on, and since we're doing a podcast, let's talk about a couple things. I think the big news in Oriole Land 
recently was the news on Tuesday that Mike Messina, um, he did it. He is now uh, a Hall of Famer, Mike Messina. Uh, yeah. Your guys, what was your initial reactions to hearing Mike Messina in the Hall of Fame? I was happy. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like it's been long enough now where the the burn and the hurt from him going to the Yankees to the Evil Empire has subsided. Um, has you it? know, for yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like it has. Um, I don't know. I, he, he still shows up at Camden Yards every once in a while, and, and uh, they say, you know, Mike Messina's here, everyone clap, and we all clap. You know, it's, I think we're kind of over it. The fact that he didn't win any World Series with the Yankees kind of helps. Yeah, that's true. Josh, what was your reaction to see Mike I was, Messina? I was excited. I was surprised because I didn't expect it this year. I thought with these snobby uh, reporters and voters, it was going to be another year or two. But I, he deserves it. I mean, he's the only, like, uh, really star pitcher that we had in our childhood excited in Baltimore. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's exciting to have Mucina in there. Um, it's funny that, yes, I can say I don't care that he went to New York. I will always think of him as an Oriole. But it's funny that the timing is at the same time where we were, like, having this conversation of Machado going to New York. <laughs> and I, I feel like baseball – was different then the Orioles were different then but in many cases they were the same like Mucina left and it was like this start of this dark period for the Orioles and it feels like Machado's leaving and it's the start of this dark period for the Orioles mm. yeah I guess I, I feel like though it, you know it's hard to go back in time uh, to 2000 when he, when he left but I felt like at that time it wasn't fully recognized and embraced that we were going on a full all-out full rebuild and Mike Messina just is not realistic for that where I feel like Manny Machado everyone acknowledges we're on a whole yes. rebuild and doesn't make sense to get Manny Machado I think at the time everybody still wanted to sign Mike Messina yeah um, I was going back and looking and I'm you know when I was a kid that was like I had his picture on my wall uh, I had his plaque long before he got a plaque in the Hall of Fame he had a plaque on my wall as a kid. Um, and so I was a huge Mike Messina fan. Um, I was also very distraught when he went to the Evil Empire. Um, I was looking at some of his comments about being, there's talk that he might have been traded the trade dead, deadline. Um, and he, he says that he wanted to uh, allow himself to be traded. He's, here's his quote. He says, to me, there's not a great deal of satisfaction in going somewhere for two months to help some other team win. Those guys have done all the work. You're not really a part of it. I don't find the, the concept especially tempting. Um, uh, and so his reaction was he refused to get traded. And some people said he did that just to kind of stick it to Peter Angelos um, for not aggressively trying to resign him. Because um, it remind me, it just reminded me a lot of Adam Jones, kind of similar situation uh, sure. leaving. So, yeah, you blame uh, Mike Messina because I don't blame Mike Messina for not signing with the Orioles because that's Peter Angelos. And we all know how that goes. We, we bid down the Peter Angelos road time and time again. Um, so Peter Angelos was being cheap and didn't want to pay Mike Messina the greatest pitcher, uh, the greatest pitcher that we saw as Norris. Sure. Um, but the fact that he signed with the Yankees, yeah, it hurts a little bit. Now, he signed with the Yankees because especially at that time, the Yankees were the only people giving these, the, these big contracts. And so they obviously gave him the most money. Um, but just a great – Mike Messina is just a, just a cool cat. Um, doesn't seem, you know, there's debate about what, whether he goes in as an Oriole Yankee and some people, I was talking to some guy today. He's like, you know what? I'm just happy, man. Uh, I'm just happy. Uh, Mike Messina got in. Um, 
they, they also got the Eminem going on, by the way. Mike, Manny Machado, Mike Cena. But anyway, <laughs> um, some people said, I'm just happy he got in. And I'm like, BS. That's BS. Like, I want him to go in as an Oriole. Like, I care that he's wearing an Oriole hat or, or a Yankee hat. Like, I'm going to be pissed You're off. Right. All the stats, all the games played, the numbers, prime of his career, drafted by the, the Orioles, all that says he should be an Oriole. But somehow, Not, I feel like all these things end up screwing over the Orioles and the Yankees getting right. the better. So I, I think he's going to go in as a Yankee, but it's outrageous if he does. I don't. I think he'll go in as an Oriole because all those stats look the way uh, you're saying. And when you look at him going in the same year as Mariana R- Rivera, you would think they want to kind of split it and have one Yankee, one Oriole, instead of two Yankees trying to get two fan bases to come up. But you're right. I'm excited right now that Mike Mussina is going into the Hall of Fame. If he goes in with a Yankee hat, it's going to be irritating, and I'm going to want nothing to do with it. <laughs> if he goes in with a no logo on the hat, I'm kind of still annoyed. I'm okay. I'm actually okay with no logo, just because I feel like that's classic Mike Messina. I remember seeing Mike Messina. This is, might have been like, uh, I don't know, like seven, eight years ago. I have no idea how time works. But he was at the Ordo game, and they put him on the Jumbotron. And I remember seeing him. He was wearing like a Stanford hat. Right? I thought it was like a Little League yeah. hat or something. Yeah, or a Little League hat. It was something like... This is like the easiest. You're a former Oriole. You go to Oriole game. Like wear the Oriole hat for the easy applause. But he did it because he. I, I don't. He didn't really. He he reminds me his attitude. You know what his attitude was like. He was like an intelligent Joe Flacco kind of right. Like he was never caught up in the in all the stuff. Um, right. There was that story. I was watching just some stuff about McMassine, and There's a story that he was all set. A really smart guy, right? Went to Stanford. That he was going to be the valedictorian of his class. Uh, but his his last class, he failed the final on purpose, so he wouldn't have to give the speech uh, at Valley Story. Uh, right? That sounds like him. Yeah, like just like a kind of a low key, low, uh, like, and it's funny that he went to the Yankees with all the bright lights. Uh, but that stuff never really bothered him, but it was never about the stats. It was never about all the numbers for him. It was never about getting a statue. Uh, like, I, I think he could probably not really care that much whether he gets a statue. I think, I think he'd be or embarrassed by the statue. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably right. But as, as an Oriole fan, I love the idea of celebrating, retiring another number, and putting up another statue. And it's going to be a while before another statue gets in there. So. Right. Oh, yeah. So, right. And you know the Orioles are thinking, we want, they want to do, this is a year where they don't have a lot to celebrate. To have a Mike Mussina weekend sounds pretty good to the Orioles. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, uh, and uh, we maybe sell out a second game. There you go. Uh, I heard that Roy Holiday's children said publicly that they don't want him representing either the Blue Jays or the Phillies. Uh, I I think the Hall of Fame still gets the final say in that, but but it's not unprecedented that a player goes in there with just no logo on the cap at all. And I'm wondering. If Messina does that too, and Holiday does that too, um, that might be a trend, you know, we see going forward with Hall of Fame inductees, especially in the next 10 to 15 years, because these guys don't play for the same teams their whole careers anymore, and they'll they'll have amazing careers with one team and still finish out the second half of a great career with another team, and it, it makes the decision impossible. And I don't know, that might become in vogue just to go to the Hall of Fame with a generic baseball cap on their plaque, you know? Yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if the Hall of Fame needs to just make a straight rule of you go in with your rookie hat or your retired hat or something 
where you pick either end because they're not going to want a hall of empty logos. Yeah, but well, then you get you'll get you'll get uh, David Ortiz going in as like a Montreal Expo or hmm. wherever he came up from. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the NFL does no no team helmets. Uh, like it's possible to not do a team hat. Right. Like that. That's not. I don't think that's outrageous. Sure. And I think there were a couple guys who did it, uh, like in like 2013 or 2003 or something like that. I remember. I reading. remember some drama. It was I think it was Wade Boggs. There was some drama with Wade Boggs. I forget who else had some drama with that. Um, I am outraged by the whole Hall of Fame. The Mario uh, Rivera get uh, I'm outraged. I am. He, I admit that it's kind of it's kind of annoying that that after all this talk, like he's the guy who gets unanimous. Yes. When, that when. Griffey couldn't get it. Cal couldn't get it. So many yeah. players before. This, this guy no, who pitches one inning a game gets it. And now you're going to give it to No, who game. deserves to be in there, but uh, not to be this special unanimous. And I don't think Major League Baseball gave it four hours until they started the stories of, well, now will Jeter be unanimous next year? Yeah, it's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. And you, and you know what ruined it all? You know what's caused all this? It's Twitter. Is Twitter because yeah. now with every everything, it's, everyone's sharing their ballot. Everyone's too afraid to be that guy that didn't vote for Mariana Rivera. Well, I you've got right. It. Don't vote for him. Keep tradition alive. And if you're going to vote for someone 100% unanimous, make it Mike Trout when he gets gets in as great one of the greatest players of all time. Not Mariana Rivera. This is a joke. Right. And uh, yeah, you've got that guy from uh, Boston who's filling out his ballot for no one but Rivera. That ballot should just be thrown in the trash. Yeah. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think he should have that right if he wants to. But now the problem is it's on Twitter, and everyone can it's freaking react to it, overreact, and, and chill. Just let the let them do stuff in secret. Less transparency, more secretive, more stupid stuff to keep traditions alive. <laughs> right. That's what I'm all about. I love it. Yeah. Um, FanFest. Um, I, we're going to see Mike Elias. Uh, any yeah. expectations? Uh, Bert, is there someone like you're itching to something you're itching to do or itching to see at FanFest outside of uh, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, when it comes to players and anything the organization really has to offer this year, I think Elias and the new manager, Brandon Hyde, are really the only things I have any interest at all at seeing. I I really don't care about seeing any of the players. Nobody uh, is really going to impress me or have anything to say that, you know, will impress me other than Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde. Uh, I've said it before on the show, the biggest draw, I, I am excited for FanFest, but the biggest draw for me is just to have uh, a good excuse to go out, wear my Orioles gear, take my son and do some T-ball and, uh, you know, baseball exercises and just be in the crowd and, and you know, and enjoy myself and having a good time. You know, uh, I saw that uh, the Orioles announced today how they did some stuff with Be More Creative for FanFest, where they're doing like some art stuff, oh, cool. which is kind of neat and something different. And they said they were going to have five interactive rooms, Base- the baseball card room, the bubblegum room, the ketchup mustard relish room, the Field of Dreams room, and the, uh, the Field of Dreams clubhouse room. And okay. then the fifth one is the one that got me excited because I think – it maybe gave a hint to what we might see the Orioles celebrating this year, which is the 1989 Why Not Room. Oh, for Where real? we've talked a lot about how 
that's a huge year for us and our people our age, but we don't know if it's worth the Orioles celebrating for like everyone. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that they're celebrating at that fan fest gives us a little hint of maybe we will see a little bit more of that celebrating this year. They gotta have somewhere. To, they gotta have somewhere to put Joe Warsalak. <laughs> um, I was looking at the signing stations. Can oh I ask boy. you if this signing station interests you? Uh, Renato Nunez, uh-huh. Joey Rickard, uh-huh. Mark Trumbo, uh-huh. Mike Wright Jr. How does that signing station appeal to you? Mm. Where can I buy it, my voucher? Does anything represent <laughs> the Orioles available. as good as that signing station, though? That's the best re- representation of this year's Orioles right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's about right. Renato Nunez, Joey Rickard, Mark Trumbo, Mike Wright. Yeah, um, I was... As maybe it's possible that on the open day roster you see none of those players. Sure, sure. Um, I'll share some Disney stories with you guys when we get back uh, on Monday. But I will say I was in the um, whatever the Pandora ride is where you fly on the dragon. Flights of passage. Flights of passage. And I came out and I was talking to the, the guy at the end of the ride, the Disney employee. And he saw my tattoo and says, hey, nice tattoo. I'll be at FanFest on Saturday. So we had a good conversation with this guy who's one of the Orioles advocates and he'll be at FanFest on Saturday. uh, And he walks the players around to their autograph stations. So last year, his job, his responsibility was Mike Wright Jr. (laughs) So that was kind of an interesting uh, crossing of paths. Listen to this, Matt. Josh trying to hijack Bert's story time, even (laughs) even making it Disney related. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm down at the... uh, at Disney, and I just feel like I am in Bert Rohde's wheelhouse. Oh man, you believe? Better believe it. <laughs> I texted I texted Bert a couple times this week. Once because it was hilarious how scared Mandy was on a ride, and another <laughs> time just because one ride was just so cool. Yeah, man. So. Hey, uh, Bert, does this interest you? This is happening on the main stage okay. at FanFest at two ten, using an- a- analytics across baseball operations, uh, Sig Meidel and Kobe Perez, their international scout. Uh, <laughs> you know what, Matt? If I'm still there at 210, <laughs> I might watch it. But that is very unlikely that I'll still be there at 210. <laughs> I think that I think it sounds really cool. That's yeah. a neat, It's different than what they've offered in the past. I love the idea of all the old men who sit and watch those shows learning about analytics. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good, it looks like some pretty good stuff on the main stage. Future of the Orioles with Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde. A password game show. That sounds up Burt's Alley. Ooh, I like that. They did announce, what, two days ago, the entire coaching staff. So they'll have all of them there. Saw that, yep. Yeah, it's funny. I heard Mike Elias today on 105.7 The Fan did an interview. And he was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to FanFest because I have to meet my coaches and stuff. I haven't met all these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They look good on paper, apparently. Yeah, and I think some like, uh, within the Orioles, too, like there's a lot of people within the Orioles he just hasn't met yet. Sure. A lot of, you know, that are coming up for FanFest. Well, that's good because I was looking over the uh, um, the press schedule where they sent us, here's who's available for interviews at these times or whatever. And I don't know most of the guys on the list either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris Davis will be there, so that's exciting. Uh, I don't know. There's like Like last year, there was some famous like no-shows. Yeah, the scope and Machado. Um, yeah, but this year, like, if I don't know, like, who's our like, if Dylan Bundy didn't show, I don't know if anyone would care. But Dylan Bundy's supposed to be there. Like, everyone, There's, 
I, it sounds like no everyone's going to be there. It's just not much, much people. There, right. There's no drama. There's no excitement at this season. It'll be interesting to see what the attitude of the crowd is. Yeah, well, I think it's a, just a different type of excitement, right? Because I think there is definitely momentum with Mike Elias. And there's excitement yes. for the future. It's just we all also recognize that the Orioles aren't going to be good this year. So sure. it's, kind of, it's kind of in a weird position. So, right. yeah, I'm curious to see how FanFest uh, is and the, the, the turnout. I was reading an article today, and it irritated me. I, it might have been on Utah Street, and he wrote about how, hey, the average baseball sal- salary is such and such, and most of the teams are below the average. So if you're not tanking, why can't you just compete with a low salary? Right. And, and I think that argument makes a lot of sense for Cubs like the Cardinals. It doesn't make any sense for the Orioles. Their, their opinion was the Orioles, we should expect them to compete now, even with a low salary, and they just would sign a few veterans. The problem is you can't compete with a low salary when you're in the division with two guys who are skyrocketing that average price. The reason most teams are below average is because the Yankees and the Red Sox are so high above average that the average is higher than it actually should be. And the salary doesn't have that much to do with it when you just don't have any good players on your team. We could, sure, we could sure. have a team of superstars and they're all below the average salary. Then we're right. competing. But uh, regardless of the, the salary of the, the current Orioles team, there's just nobody good on this team. Nobody that's going to put us in any kind of contention. And I don't think there will be any fans at uh, FanFest on Saturday that – are are believing that we're World Series contenders or even American League East or wild card contenders. Like we know that's not going to be the case, but the excitement is still there because it's it's a completely different ship now. New GM, new manager, and uh, we kind of want to be in on the ground floor of this thing in case it turns into something big. Yeah, which I think people think it will be, and maybe we're yeah. being duped, maybe we're being hoodwinked and overly optimistic. Um, but we do. I think most Oriole fans think, "Hey, listen, three, four, five years, we're going to be a team to be reckoned with, uh, and maybe we're just lying to ourselves, and we're in for another 15 years of losing." Maybe, so, whatever. Right. Uh, and Josh, to your point, to that article, I think it's interesting because just Brad Brock signed today for three million dollars. So yeah. Like nothing for Brad. It's Brock. a steal. Yeah, and, and it makes me wonder. Like at some point, I feel like the scales are going to tip where you could like compete. By just signing all the leftover guys yes. for good contracts. Because at some point, I don't think we're there yet, but at some point, you could sign like a Brad Brock and Adam Jones and six more of these other guys and actually feel I feel at a competitive team for a reasonable salary. Um, yes, not like a nothing salary, but for a middle-of-the-road salary, just paid on, paid, paying guys who other teams don't want to give big money to and just finding good deals. So I think at some point, like that could be possible where you could sustain your team on kind of the leftovers in the free agency market. Well, it's, it's very interesting, and some people might want to try to imply that there's collusion going on, but really it's, it seems like they're trying to get these salaries down. And when you is see a guy like Brad Rock, $3 million is, is lower than you would have expected for him. When, a Harper, when Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still haven't signed yet, uh, when we're seeing guys um, – uh, like McCutcheon signed for less than expected. When it looks like a guy like Adam Jones is only going to get about seven million, maybe it, it makes you start to wonder. Well, why not sign a few veterans and put something together? Yeah, and the, 
I mean, and we can say collusion, but it's just like the economics of the game has changed with the luxury tax now discouraging yes. teams from spending a lot of money. And then you have a lot of teams filtering a lot of their money into different avenues, like international scouting, like the analytics departments. Like you have these teams putting their money in different places, but not just in players. Like this is one thing that the yeah. Orioles were able to spend so much money on salary. For under Dan Duquette, they put all their money into the salary, unlike these other teams who spread their money out. And I think, don't you think part of that is analytics catching up on the finance side of they can now do analytics to say, is Manny Machado worth $400 million? Would he yeah. make back the te- $400 million to the team, or would we better off and make more money using these other guys? Yeah, but I wonder maybe it's swung too far in the, in the wrong direction to now, like, how is it possible that only three teams want Manny Machado? Like, that right. does make no sense to me. I know he's going to be expensive, but if the seven for 175 million is anywhere close to true, the Orioles should be in on that. Like yeah. most baseball teams should be in on that if that's even close to to the like, real deal. Right. Like his deal should not compare close to Chris Davis's deal from a few years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost identical. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's weird because our news articles are coming out that Major League Baseball teams are making more than ever. Yes. But but but. They're realigning or doing something. There's something going on. Well, it's the luxury tax is a big thing. They don't want to just give money away with that luxury tax. I guess so, so. owners are being a little more stingy. It's not I those great it's... big spend owners like the like the Steinbrenners and the and the and the Peter Angeloses, right? They're being replaced by their kids, and they're not. Right. They're not like they don't have huge egos. They just want to spend money. It's sad to see. It's also that when you see a team like the Astros win without spending much money, if you're the owner, you're saying, hey. Why do I need to give you so much money in such a high budget if these other guys are winning with lesser budgets? I guess. Like, if I still really don't get it. Like, if I was an owner, I would say, like, Manny Machado, take all my money. Bryce Harper, I agree. <laughs> I still really but don't I, get it. I agree, but I would go to uh, Elias and say, hey, here's $200 million, but for $200 million, you better give me a World Series now. You know, like, if, I, if I'm putting out all this money, I, want, I know that money is going to – what I what always blows my mind is if you put two hundred million into a team, you're going to be able to sell Manny Machado jerseys. You're going to be able to sell uh, more giveaways and crap with the higher player names. Your stars, you can market your stars. You can do all this where you make that money back easily, even without the World Series. But right. you then have the chance for playoffs and World Series, which makes you more money. I would ne- That's where I, as an owner. I can't understand the view of not investing money. It seems like you want to, I should invest as much money as I can into these superstars. I guess the problem becomes if you're spending $150 million, yet, like we saw with the Orioles, no one's showing up to your stadium, so you're not selling tickets, and you think, wait a minute, I could, be, I could, be feel, I could get the same attendance and just spend $50 million on salary. And, right. People aren't buying $100 million worth of Manny Machado jerseys. And I guess and, I, and, I also don't know the split of how much money in a Manny Machado jersey the Orioles get versus Manny Machado gets. And we had Manny Machado on our team for four months of the season last year and still put up record number of losses. So it's, it's more than just getting a superstar like Manny Machado. Yeah. Right, yeah, to win. A 25-man roster, right? But did having Manny Machado on your team, did you – would you make more money with Manny Machado on your team versus oh. not on your team? Oh, I think yes. The question is how much. Right. Do you uh, make enough to cover that salary? Like, 
yeah, like thirty million dollars a year more. I don't know. I don't know. Like I think that was part of the Chris Davis signing is Angelo saying, Hey, I want I need this superstar, this guy who's hitting these big dongs to be in this stadium hitting the dongs, selling the shirts. No one predicted Davis was gonna suck and crap the bed as much as he did. Yeah, if he if he would have just even put up halfway decent numbers and hit forty home runs, he would still be a fan favorite, even with all the strikeouts. He's just completely gone down right. the toilet. If he can turn it around like he's been talking about, how he's changed everything this offseason, if he can really turn it around, he'll be back to that fan favorite. And he still has a chance to salvage that contract, but it's been ugly. Yeah. And at the time, I thought this increases our chance to sign Manny Machado because it showed the Orioles were willing to spend money and give out right. a big contract. And I think in the future they still will be, but at this point, obviously it doesn't make sense. That's, um, I, yeah. I got – I'm, I don't want to change the subject too much, but I had one more thought about uh, yeah. the excitement for FanFest on Saturday. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that the Orioles could be worse in 2019 than they were in 2018. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think you can get much worse than we were last year. But the other excitement comes from the fact that they did clean house, that Buck is gone, Dan is gone. Even, they got rid of both of them. They got rid of all the entire coaching staff. This is really a complete turnaround, putting 2018 in the past almost entirely, aside from a few players who are coming back. Um, and that's for me, is where the excitement comes from. If they, if they would have gotten rid of Buck but kept Dan, I would not be excited about going to FanFest or hear anything he has to say about it. Or vice versa, if they kept Buck and got rid of Dan, I still wouldn't be all that excited about it because Buck just managed the worst franchise record in Orioles history. They got rid of everything. They've cleaned house. It's, it's a good time to be excited to see you because nobody knows what the future is going to hold now for the next five to ten years. Yeah, it's true. It's exciting. I, I, I agree. I'm with you, the whole Buck Showalter thing. How's, how's the weather up there? Is it still freezing? Is it, it still was, supposed to be really was, cold on Saturday? It was the last two days, but it's warmed up and done nothing but rain uh, today. I don't know what Saturday is going to be like yet. Because I'd suggest that as part of FanFest, they should have a, a bonfire where you can <laughs> throw in your Buck and Duquette, your 2018 Oriole gear. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a, a PR dream. Yeah. Take <laughs> all your Machado jerseys, burn them. Sure. Yeah, no. Got a Ray Rice jersey left? Bring it with you. No, because, you know, the Orioles will take them. Put them on their rack and sell them for 90 bucks to pop at FanFest. Yeah. There'll be Machado jerseys for sale there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that reminds me. If one of you guys can grab me one of those Buck gnomes at uh, the Buck uh, the Buck Snow Globes, I'll take one of those out of FanFest. <laughs> yeah, give away the old giveaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm planning on getting in that free giveaway line. That's why uh, we got to get there early, Matt, so we get the giveaways before the line's yeah. born. If there's more than 10 people in line, I'll pass. <laughs> Hey, hey, Bert, while I have you on here, a quick reaction to the John Harbaugh extension? Uh, I'm, I waver back and forth. I'm okay with it uh, because the way we turned it around, but he better be th- uh, kissing Lamar Jackson's butt for that four-year extension because without Lamar Jackson, that, there's no way he gets that. Yeah. Has they, have they announced any the dollars for that yet? No. Okay. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really – I didn't really fully understand it for either side. It seemed to me it would make sense if they did more like how they do the players do. If John Harbaugh would have just waited one more year, then all of a sudden I feel like it would it would have been a win win. Like he could have driven up the price 
for um, because he could, so, you know, he marketed himself. Other teams want John Harbaugh. And from the Ravens' standpoint, like maybe you get to see a full season with Lamar Jackson to see if John Harbaugh is really the guy. So right. for me, it kind of would have made sense to play the contract out. Um, but I guess the extension, this is what coaches do. They sign extensions before their contracts run out. I mean, uh, yeah, you want the extension, so you want the security. Uh, there's thought that for some reason the players – uh, won't revolt against a guy who's locked in for many years. Yeah, but I don't John Harbaugh doesn't need security because if he gets fired by the Ravens, he'll sign somewhere else in a day. Right, and I don't think there's any – I don't think we ever really see players not listening to coaches because the coaches are on their last year of a deal. Yeah. It's a team game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, listening when you're 0-8 or something. Right, exactly. But, you know, I, I like John Harbaugh. I thought it was – I just think it's so weird that we were having the conversation in November – He's out. Mutual agreement. Mutual pardon of ways. If not them saying he's fired, there was all this talk, and now yeah. it turns out. Well, hey, uh, actually, we've got this extension. Even when the or even when the Ravens announced that they're working on an extension, you had Lock and Fora and other NFL people saying uh, Harbaugh is not on board with an extension. That this is just something that the Ravens put out as a PR move, and they're trying to trade him and. Four years sounds like everyone's on board with this is the future. Is We're sticking. No need to make a change. Yeah, and I'm glad it didn't go with the John Gruden contract. That's my fear. That'd be some kind of like seven-year, eight-year deal. But that's not it either. No, four years sounds good. Um, Same length as Lamar Jackson's contract. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lock him into another quarterback. Yep. All right, guys. Well, you want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up. My family should be wrapping up dinner, and we're going to head on over to Disney Springs for the evening before I edit this podcast. Very good. All right, cool. You're going to have more fun than I am. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, that's the plan. Yeah, but not on Saturday. Saturday, we'll be having the fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes. You'll yeah, be driving in a car. <laughs> yes. Yeah, can I just leave Mandy and the girls here and fly home Friday night? Go to Fan <laughs> Fest on Saturday. Yeah, we'll be. There. I'll, I'll set I'll set up my iPad on FaceTime. I'll just walk you around next to me on my on my shoulder. You can All see right, the I'll whole FaceTime you. Yeah. Yeah. Come come it's, see it's, me and Matt at at the table with the uh, Mid Atlantic Wiffle Ball guys. Look for the right. Wiffle Ballers. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you'd like to, and if you want to see me, just ask them to FaceTime me. I'll be in the car <laughs> with nothing to do. I'll, I'll talk to you guys. Chill. And if anybody wants to see Josh that bad, you have your own issues. Yes. Uh-huh. Watch Facebook Live uh-huh. every Monday night. Okay. Cole will be back in studio on Monday with Loop League. Cool. All right. Cool. All right, all right guys. In the meantime, for all our uh, all our uh, fan fest updates and Josh's driving updates, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at section three three six. Follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rody. Josh on Twitter at Josh Roca. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. <laughs>